3: And welcome to the X-Zone, everyone. I am Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm going to be your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the X-Zone. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the X-Zone comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, all our broadcast affiliates, and on iHeartRadio. If you'd like to find out about the programming we have available for you, 724-365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit www.exzbn.net. My first guest tonight, Exxon Nation, is Delanova Star Livington, Livingstone. He is an inventor, author, philosopher, entrepreneur, webmaster, humanitarian, cosmologist, and visionary. Now, he was born in Montreal and has lived in Winnipeg, Vancouver, Denver, Colorado, Spokane, Washington, Halifax, Nova Scotia, Calgary, and the list goes on and on and on. He ran a small flower spar mining company in Vancouver in the mid-60s, sold flowers in bars and restaurants across Canada and in Denver, Colorado, Spokane, Washington, and Ottawa from 1972 to 1984. Um, we're going to be talking to Del, tonight about the revelation, the revel, the revelatorium revelations. Wow, that's a tongue twister, Del. That was yep. first put up as a website in January of 1999. Welcome to the Exon, Del. And welcome to you, and thank you for having me on again. It's my pleasure. Let our listeners know a little bit about you. Man, you really moved around, and now you're in Brantford, Ontario.
1: Well, i have been I'd been in Brantford now for pushing five years. I lived in Ottawa for the mm-hmm. last 35. Uh, after migrating back and forth across Canada and into the States quite a few times before that. Um, but the long and the short of it is I've, I've settled down in the sense that I'm not doing flowers in the bars and the restaurants, which is where a lot of the traveling took place. But I have been working on uh, revelatory information that started coming through uh, at the end of the 90s. And, and to bring your readers up just a wee bit, uh, we did an interview two years ago. Right. Just, uh, I think, five days before the original Alien Cosmic Conference held in Brantford Mm -hmm. in uh, June of
3: 2015,
1: Uh, the presentation I made there was a table display. They wouldn't let me speak, cough, hack. But the table display was basically about the revelatorium, which at that time was one book. Uh, The book is now in the two years since. Um, the original revelatorium has been factored into two books. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first one is all of the information that had been in the original that dealt with the Intelligent Design of Creation is now in its own book called the Intelligent Design of Creation. What's left in the revelatorium is now called the Revelatorium of Alpha and Omega. And then starting with the Alien Cosmic Conference uh, um, last year again in Brantford, uh, a third book has come up now, called *The Radionic Ships of the Heavenly Host*, and that's where all of the or main focus is right now. And that's sort of more or less what we're going to be talking about tonight. Now, what happened there is I had uh, about maybe 60 photographs um, in sort of fairly rough shape that had been taken around Ottawa, Brantford, some of them back into Vancouver. Um, that I, you know, I had again on the table. Yeah, but photographs, uh,
3: photographs of what? Sorry. Photographs of oh, what? Oh, oh,
1: I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sorry. I'm jumping miles ahead. Um, the would I would let me let me go into the uh, sort of a discussion here a bit more at this point. The I I'm dealing with what's called the radionic ships of the heavenly host. These differ from the UFO ships that UFOlogists have been following, um, you know, wanting the governments to disclose and things in the sense that the uh, um, UFOs, of the UFOlogists side of things are from, and I'm going to jump, the revelatorium had a lot of this stuff, but I'm going to jump into it with both feet. Uh, they're from a lower fifth dimensional mm-hmm. area of just this local universe of about a thousand galaxies. The radionic ships of the heavenly host are from the upper fifth dimension, and they're from all over creation. And they differ in that the lower ships are able to come down into the third dimension where people can see them going around. The radionic ships don't come into the third dimension, but they, when they come into the fourth dimension, they create a condensation of water moisture
3: around themselves. All right, Del, so Del, Dell, slow uh, down, take a deep so, breath, we're going to take right. a commercial break. Okay. ExoNation. Our guest this hour is Della Nova Star Livingstone in Brantford, Ontario. His website is radionics.com and we'll be back on the other side of this break after a few words from our sponsors and as Della catches his breath, we'll be back. <laughs> Don't go away. All right. Here we go. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Dell Del Star Livingstone is our guest, www.radionics.net. All right, Dell, why don't you take us back to the beginning?
1: All right, well, first of all, it's, uh, it's radionics.com and it's two ends, like R A D I O N N I C S. And the reason for the name is because these particular ships are magnetic, they radiate a magnetic field. And I use two ends to differentiate that word from uh, radionic uh, health instruments. Which are also magnetic or radio, you know, electromagnetic. So there is a there is a distinction made there. Um, the beginning is uh, what would be a better beginning for you? How I learned about these ships or what they are. The the website mm-hmm. itself. We discussed this at the, at the just before the break. The website itself has about 650 odd photographs from around the world. Right. A good number of them taken here in Brantford in the area, mm-hmm. uh, showing both the what are called radionic clouds, which are the magnetic reflection in the lower clouds of the ships from their magnetic fields in the fifth dimension. That's a mouthful. There's also now, which wasn't in the earlier work at all, but there's now a number of photographs of um, literally, um, you know, flying saucer-like ships, but they're they're virtual. They're 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 actually condensations of moisture in the shape of the ships. You can throw a baseball and it would go right through them. But for example, on uh, I guess it's um, star. I call them stargrams instead of chapters. But stargram uh, seventeen has a photograph that was taken from the space station just about um, a month ago at the uh, middle of September, mm-hmm. and it shows three of them sitting right out there. The people that were. You know, uh, putting out the photograph through the media, thought they looked like smoke rings. They thought that any number of possibilities. Even raised the question that the mm-hmm. radionic ships. Well, they're not radionic ships, but UFO ships. Well, I took one look and I said, well, the radionic ships because I have a photograph that was taken in um, September, exactly two years ago in 2014, and Brent who has the same two exact same ships. I'm sitting off the space station, it's plain as day. Okay, hold and on,
3: that's... whoa, whoa, whoa! slow sure, down, sure. You're, you're going fast again. again no, I have to. Not... I'm a fast talker.
1: I have to all slow right. down.
3: Yeah, all right, yeah. now I have to ask you something. Sure. Where did your interest in UFOs come from and radionics come from? Uh, from everything else I've read in your bio, there's, there's, no, there's no indication that you had an interest in UFOs or radionics or anything. Where did the interest come from?
1: Well, literally, uh, now this is going back into the mid '60s, you know, the hippie era and things like that. From mm-hmm. about uh, 1965 up, uh, the, the interest in UFOs started to become fairly predominant. And I kind of, at a point, didn't believe in them, and then I started to believe in them.
3: And then, why? Why did you start to believe in them?
1: Well, just just because there was enough talk going on around at the time. This is, you know, you know, I won't say I was I was.
2: That's chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm the hippie community, but I mm-hmm. wasn't of oh, it. There's a big difference. You know? All right, so, in... so you
3: Sorry. you you became involved because of all the talk at that time. Yeah, had you yeah. at that time had you seen a UFO?
1: Well, this is the next step. in 19 In the very beginning of 1971, mm-hmm. I uh, uh, started participating in a series of lectures about UFOs and other matters, the revelatorium was you know an outcome of basically those discussions. But uh, and this is a quick fun story. Uh, this would be January of 71. Uh, 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 the lecture was being given up on the second floor of an apartment in Vancouver. Off the kitchen was a small patio, and three of us at a coffee break were standing out, you know talking about what the lecturer had been talking about. And it was an overcast sky. There was a young girl from, um, there was a young girl from Columbia, and there was a six foot nine fellow from Vancouver. The girl was in the process of saying, with her hand over her head, every time I've seen a UFO, I felt a buzzing. and She got that far. I had picked up on what looked like a saber jet uh, flying across under the clouds with mm-hmm. swept back wings. And in those days, you, you probably remember the jet trail I always followed the plane by about twenty feet. Still does. You, pardon me? Still does. Still does? Well, it, yeah, if you've you got good ears. But in those days, you could hear the jet trail pretty distinctly because they were always flying under the speed of sound in those days. So I went immediately to the jet trail. There's no sound. I went back to the ship. I went back. Still no sound. She's still standing with half a sentence out. The door, kitchen door opened. The guy giving the lecture stuck mm-hmm. his head out with a big grin and said, Did you see it? Did you see the flying saucer? And went back in. So whoa, that was. Kind of. All right. right let's no, no, listen carefully. Hold on carefully. here. Hold
3: on here. Hold on here. Now, yeah. now I have to ask you a few questions about your sighting. Sure. Okay. The craft it left a contrail. No, it didn't. It did. No, that's
1: what I'm saying. Okay. It it it, it left nothing. It was. Okay. It literally looked like a silver saber saber jet flying How do you, along. Oh, okay. It looked, you know, like a spotlight from the ground on a cloud cover. You know, mm-hmm. it's doing a, an attraction for something, but the, the spot. Yeah. Moves back and forth across yeah. the clouds. Mm-hmm. Well, it was identical to that. It was a saber jet. Only there was no jet trail and there was certainly no sound behind it. Okay. Is, so is it possible? Is, it, pos-
3: Silver is it possible it was an experimental craft? No. How do you know? No.
1: No, because the guy wouldn't have stuck his head, come out from the kitchen with a big grin and saying, Did you see the flying saucer? And oh. going back in, who was talking about UFOs How, and what they then- are and why they're here at that exact moment?
3: Then let me, ask, the let case me case. ask you this. Let me ask you sure. this now. Sure. Slow down again, Dell.
1: Because i got two more incidences.
3: All anyway. right, slow down. Now, based on the fact that the guy came out, stuck his head out, how did he know that there was something in the sky if he did not, in fact, see it?
1: Well, it's because, and again, you're just going to, he was, and this is what with the realization was, he was in tune with those guys right oh, off the I top. See, yeah. Because there are people that have been here and there and still are today uh-huh. completely directly in tune with them. And, and he we, was, and he was being, in, he was in tune with him, in order to give the information, and then he was, he sort of uh, set forward the original um, uh, uh, disclosure about, about the radionic ships. The second time, because this will help a bit on your question there,
3: mm-hmm.
1: we're now talking about June of '71. I was living in downtown Vancouver in a, uh, upstairs of an old Victorian house, right. and it was it was. Um, I guess wedged in between a bunch of 20, 30-story high-rise apartment towers. So if you looked up the street, it was like a canyon. Mm -hmm. You know, just a little wedge of sky over top. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I was upstairs, and somebody came running up the stairs out of breath. He said, hurry, hurry, there's a UFO right overhead, right overhead. Well, I come down the stairs seven at a time, out the door, and sure enough, just like a great big molybdenite silver M&M, right in the middle between the the two... rows of, of, of high-rises, at that instant, the party that was upstairs, me came tumbling out the door, where is it, where is it, and it took off, just like, just, bam, just like that, it was gone, so he wasn't supposed to see them, and I was, because that's the way it works, you will be shown them in the third dimension if you're ready to see them, you can be there, you can look right at them, the guy beside you won't see them, now that's been going on for a long time, when somebody's consciousness has reached enough of level where they're going to be shown to confirm their belief and move it ahead mm-hmm. they'll get they'll be shown it that's why people claim they've seen them other people say now it's bunch of bunk." when you're ready to see and they're silver they're like uh all, all they've done is, is lower their frequency to the um visible uh you know band of uh, radiation so you can actually see them but they're virtual there's not actually a ship there you throw a baseball like i say it goes right through
3: so they're not solid mass. They are sure. transparent, they, but they are silver in reflection. They, they have but a that, silver hue, but you can throw a baseball right through them.
1: Yeah, this is in the third dimension because most of them are around in the fourth dimension, and uh, they are more in the way of, uh, uh, I don't know how to describe it. If you took, if you took a, a, a saucer-shaped UFO and you replaced it molecule by molecule with a water molecule... Then you would have a perfect picture of it, but in water vapor form, moisture mm-hmm. form, rather than in metal form or whatever substance. But that's that's exactly their website. chapters sixteen and seventeen has all kinds of them, including these ones off the space station that are I call it condensate. They're in they're in a condensate form.
3: Okay.
1: Now there's all kinds of them up on the internet. You know, UFOs and they're, yeah. they're condensates, uh, but people don't differentiate the difference. They just well, you know, you know
3: let us be honest, Al. Sure. The internet is the biggest septic tank that God has ah, ever created. There's more well, shit in it, it, it than anything else.
1: There's 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 a technique called wheat from the chaff. If you know, I, I mean.
3: There's got, also there's also a saying that says drugs kill. I know that. I know that. I you stopped
1: know. smoking uh, absolutely, categorically, and undeniably in uh, February Valentine's mm. Day of 1970. Well, good and by the time '71 came around, I had been you know, cleared my consciousness because you can six months you can feel the after effects of that stuff coming mm-hmm. out of your system, you know, sure. day by day more and more. So by the year later I was purged of enough of the uh, you know, the mm-hmm. depressive the not depressive, but the consciousness suppressing effects, uh enough that I was able to start seeing things a lot more clearly. I was basically literally yanked out of being a heavy I, I managed a rock and roll band, a hippie rock and roll band through the through the end of the sixties. That's why I, I say I'm a i am I was a hippie, not of the world of hippies but in it uh, and we smoked a lot I have to say uh, but again that's water under the bridge and long ago sure uh, so that's see the thing about marijuana I mean the medical mm-hmm. side I cannot under any circumstances uh, drop the, the uh, um, uh, significance of medical marijuana because I've seen it happen and even to myself it does what it's supposed to as far as medical is concerned. sure but recreational use is a no-no yeah. because it, it, it dissipates your energy, it drops your frequency rather than brings it out. And in particular, there's a lot of, uh, neg- you've probably heard this expression, negative psychic, astral imposition, you know, the negative stuff that comes in. You know, you've talked with people that talk about that. Well, marijuana, when you're using it for uh, frivolous reasons, will allow that stuff to come in. If you go to, when you go into, if you're, stoned, if you're stoned, if you're stoned, if you're stoned, you go into like a club or something else. it feels warm and inviting. That's yeah. why the hippie club. But if you're straight, you're not a smoker, and you go to those places, they feel cold and clammy. And mm. there's your tip-off right there. Wow. They feel cold and clammy. The same place.
3: Okay, so let's get back to the, uh, let's get back to the, uh, the ships here. Well,
1: now, 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 the most interesting one, this happened in 73 when I was down in Denver. The lecturer was now giving lectures down in Denver. Uh, uh, this is over a period of about a year. And some of us had come down from Vancouver. Now we're going to go back up to Vancouver. So the morning we were leaving, he held a, a barbecue in the backyard as a send-off. This is around, you know, 10, 11 in the morning, you know, 10 in the morning, 11 and so on. Right overhead, about 1,000 feet up, there was an absolutely perfect cigar-shaped cloud with fuzzy, uh, you know, um, vibrating edges, Right. it wasn't a cumulus cloud, it was the only cloud in the sky, that's the key, there was nothing else in the sky, clear blue except for this one long cloud, about 11 o'clock said well alright I guess we go, so the ones of us going back to Vancouver, hopped in the car we headed north on I think it was I-40 or whatever it was, due north out of Denver right. we, and they decided that he and his wife hopped in their station wagon and came out behind us to give us a send off We come out about 40 miles, that cloud was right over top of their car. Hmm. Now, at that point, they waved, honked, did a U-turn back over the meridian, and headed straight back into Denver, and the cloud went straight back with them. Now, I I found a a photograph, it's in Chapter 15, I guess, of the Radionics.com, that was almost identical to... um, Uh, you know, to the cloud that I saw down in Denver, except it has a few cumulus clouds around, too. But take away those, you have exactly what was looking at. But it went straight back into Denver with him. What I'm saying is that this guy was in a drape. He was the feet on the ground.
3: All right, Dell, stand by. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, around the world on the Exxon Broadcast Network and iHeartRadio. If you'd like to send me an email, xzone at com, and all social media sites, exone Radio TV. And for all the programming on Xone Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net and simultv.com. www.radionics.com that's r a d i o n n i c s.com is uh Dell uh Dell Star Livingstone's website. And um okay, so where, what is the difference as where UFOs come from and where these radionic ships come from?
1: Well, there's there's pretty well a
2: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: A fairly big chunk of, uh, of another discussion down the road, which I'll save off until the next interview. Um, Everybody has heard about the Luciferian rebellion without knowing or Lucifer, Baba, especially the religious people, without having a good idea what's going on there. The real short and skinny version is that five billion years ago, in this local sector of a thousand solar systems, uh, the administrator of it, who was uh, name was Lucifer, a Landadonaick's son. Uh, the bottom line of creation throughout creation is the fifth dimension. There was no life in the third dimension. Anywhere, if you go through the revelatorium and and uh, intelligent design, I'll explain why, but there's a perfectly good reason. Anyway, he had figured out a way to be able to bring uh, life down into the third dimension. Presumably in his view to speed up the evolutionary processes and 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 help things along he was told not to proceed because Those steps would interfere with steps that would be coming in down the road Mm -hmm. Namely now and so not to do it, but free will is sacrificing even the highest of the highest of the highest uh, beings in creation have free will to do whatever uh, usually they work with the creators and not against them but Lucifer decided this is such a good idea I'm not going to let it go so his free will choice was to go ahead and do it anyway and it caused a lot of problems it was officially called the Lucifer self will rebellion of the cosmic overplus self will because what he did was instead of your consciousness being of love and service to the creators, which Mm -hmm. is the whole principle of Christ, you know, the Christ principle, what Jesus was teaching 2,000 years ago without getting religious because they don't know what really happened then. But nonetheless, he said, well, if we orient the consciousness to this outer ego self, we can boost it up and then make it a standalone that can go back up into the fifth dimension and be free from their obligations or ties to the rest of creation as a standalone entity, and that's why it was called a self-willed rebellion, and that's what they did, they did it and they ran, the rebellion was allowed to run un, uh, you know, on its own until 2,000 years ago, when it was finally reached a point of stagnant dead end where nothing more could come out of it that was in any way useful, so Christ on the Mount put an end to it, at that point, All of the UFOs that have been running around that have been generating out of these lesser Luciferian frequencies, there was about a thousand of them around Earth, they were quarantined here. They can't get out because the Van Allen radiation belt won't allow teleportonic jumps. Now, most of the people that are into UFOs know that there's... Slow down,
3: Del. Slow down. Take a breath. Slow down.
1: Most of the people that you, uh, or a lot of the people you read on the internet are aware of the fact there is a quarantine of some kind in effect. Well, the the UFOologists are looking at these ships, mm-hmm. which can come down into the third dimension. They do abduct because they're trying to find a, uh, a way through the DNA, human DNA, to see if they can get out of that quarantine. And so it goes. The radionic ships of mm-hmm. the heavenly host, and there's your key, the heavenly host, because these are the same ones that have been throughout the Bible. The Bible talks, if you do a Google search for clouds in the Bible, you'll you'll get couple of dozen different links different um results Mm -hmm. and uh you know clouds here clouds there uh you know we who are on the ground will be or alive will be taken up with those in the clouds you know when he cometh again he returneth he will come with clouds and so on well
3: we're going to take a we're going to take a breather here because (laughs) you're going way too fast again oh my goodness all right all right now you've got to go slow all right because people my my my, my producer can't understand what you're saying and uh-huh. if he can't right. understand our listeners aren't going to understand. I don't understand. All right. Okay, now I have to ask you and I want you to take your time answering these questions. Where did you get this information from about the radionic ships and you know the billion years ago and well, the Where did you get this information? Well, uh, <laughs> The, the the
1: teachings that took place in the early 70s, uh, the point or the purpose of the teachings was to teach you how to become your own source of information by asking and and being able to uh, understand your responses. Okay, now, what courses? Well, this was, there was a Christ, it's called a Christ teaching. Christ teachings uh, uh, teach you how to, it, it, the Bible says, ask and you shall receive. Uh, it also says, um, at Ask and I will answer because I'm closer in hands and feet. Mm-hmm. What these refer to is the fact that you do have a mechanism to your higher consciousness that uh, will uh, bring that information to you on the spot. Then taking it up a step further where the prophets uh, all, uh, you know, uh, receive their information and so on by, uh, is that the information will be brought down from the higher dimension mm-hmm. into your higher consciousness, which will bring it down into your outer consciousness, where you see it as a vision or uh, an insight but, or various things right, like that. All right, so let me ask.
3: Whoa, whoa, whoa! Slow down here. Slow yeah. down. How do we know that the information that you're getting is not a manifestation of your own, uh, well, your own imagination? And so yeah. On. Yeah.
1: Uh, cause always confirms itself in effect. How? And That's a good one because uh, if you're not sure of it, you first of all. Sometimes you'll get an extreme certainty of that feeling. You'll mm-hmm. you'll get a yes or no. Uh, and if you watch things happen, it's it's happened to me countless times down the road. It gets confirmed by something that goes on in the outer world uh, all the time. And that's that's one of the main ways. Um, the, this see people say, "Are you channeling?" No, I'm not. This has nothing to do with channeling. Uh, it's called it's a it's called attunement in consciousness, and it means it's a direct thought transfer. I get the thought. It's my job. I call myself a wordsmith. If you go through the Radionic website, you'll oh, see. Okay, term. now
3: slow down here again, 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 again. Hold on here. Sure. Who do you get this information from?
1: Well, it, 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 it comes, I'm, I, I, I know I've had some, or a good part of this has come from the Melchizedek worlds and the Mancheladic clouds. Some of it has come from Nebadon, which is the capital of this galaxy. Oh, okay, now so, let me ask you, hold
3: on here, let me ask you. How do, you no, this, know, how do you know the name of the capital of this galaxy?
1: Well, it's, 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 it, again, it's, uh, that's, there, it's, now this is not where I got the names from, but, uh, for example, uh, there, a lot of people are aware of the Arantia Book, which uh, has some good information in it. Uh, it also has a lot of misleading information, but mm-hmm. it gave those names at one time. Uh, those names have come around again. Versa, for example, is the headquarters of this local super universe. And I know that I, I, I have a, an attune straight up there. It, it's not like, it's not like I, get the, I get the message and it came from there. I just get the message. I get, uh, you know, it's, uh, there are people now calling the term download. I've heard that term now used by quite a few people in the mm-hmm. last year and a half. They call it downloads. They get a new piece of information. Um, and it's up to them to sort the wheat from the chaff. The reason again the importance of the fact that I had stopped smoking marijuana because if you're still smoking marijuana, you can't tell the real ones from the illusionary ones because you're correct about that. Mm -hmm. If you're smoking pot, you can have all kinds of wonderful and wild huge illuminations that are straight out of your imagination because pot will do that. You know, so uh, the the way to, to... how the, the the radionics information now has come together as it currently exists. Mm-hmm. I, I had by now been living in uh, Ottawa uh, from the 70s up until the early 90s. I had done nothing with the information and had not spent any time musing with and so on. I did notice without any uh, reason to wonder what was going on, I did notice that the skies often had crisscrossing lines all over the place, sometimes like broken glass. But in... 1994, all of a sudden, those are the magnetic cloud reflections of the radionic ships. Ah, picture was clear as a bell, instantly, clear as a bell. And what happens is that these, I, I use the term anchor ships for lack of another, it works. Um, two of these ships will come in, they'll set up 180 degrees apart from each other. One will be a magnetic uh, uh a negative magnetic pole. The other will be a positive pole, just like a bar magnet on the table. And they'll set up a magnetic field between them. It could, in some cases, be hundreds of miles apart. Sometimes quite close. But they'll set up a magnetic. Well, hold on, hold then... on
3: here, hold on here. Let us let us say that there that there are two hypothetical ships. One is a, emanating a, a positive, yep. and the other is a negative. What would happen if an aircraft flew in between those two poles?
1: Absolutely nothing. Oh, uh, no, you're no, wrong. No, you true.
3: are There's wrong. A you are wrong, oh, no. Sir, because if, in fact, there is a reversal of the polarity in the in the poles, you know, the jet engines would stop. Rob,
1: no, no, Rob,
3: that's a beautiful question to ask because in chapter
1: in chapter two, I can't remember which figure it is of of the stargram two of the radionic website. There's a picture of one of these magnetic clouds, they're always vertical, these anchor ship ones are vertical, oh. they have an apex point uh, just off, you know, mm-hmm. 10, 15, 20 degrees off the horizon, yeah. and right up the middle of it, there's a contrail, it's a perfect spiral, a, a jet plane contrail, it's an absolute corkscrew spiral. If you go, and that was one. you don't get the two at the same time very often, but in this particular case, I was able to get the the positive pole one in the 180 degrees in the opposite direction, and there was the contrail coming down, uh, you know, right down into the apex. Now he's on the way to Buffalo or wherever the heck it was. So, so you but, took
3: this picture yourself?
1: Yeah, yeah I, I, a good number of the pictures in this uh, website I took myself, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's quite a few lately, uh, some really good ones that have just come in recently by people that have seen the website and said, hey, but wait a minute, I've I've got some of those. I just got a bunch in five or six days ago from a fellow in Medicine Hat. He probably sent me about 20. He's been photographing without having a clue uh, since 2012 just because he knew they were different than clouds. Uh, And the first, I've got four of them in the website now. And the first one in there is from all the way back to 2012.
3: Let me ask you this question. Have you had a meteorologist look at these pictures? And if so, what have they said?
1: Well, I haven't had meteorologists, but I have most, not most people, but people look at and
3: say, them's chemtrails. No, no, wait a sec, wait a sec. Wait a sec, wait a sec, hold on here. If you're calling them clouds... Why haven't you had them authenticated as either clouds or not clouds by science, members of the scientific community?
1: Well well, all right, that's, that's, I haven't taken the step to do it. I have sent the information out uh, to a few, but never got any replies back. Um, but the thing is you have to look you have to go to the website. The first page, the introduction page, will show you right then and there these are not your normal meteorological events.
3: But once again, why don't you have that validated?
1: Well, that's a point. You know, you make a valid point. I'd never thought of doing that because I didn't think I need to, but maybe so. You know. Did you expect it's people
3: so- to take your word for you know your words as the gospel? Well, uh, this is what they th- are.
1: This this is the the, the website reinforces itself. I have a picture over here in, in chapter three, and all of a sudden now there's one way over in chapter fifteen that's literally identical to that one, on opposite sides of the planet, three years apart, identical. Not identical. They can't be identical, but they're close enough that they're they're like uh, kissing cousins. And and I've done that all the way through the website, reference one back to the other to build that unification. See, there's some there's some pictures in there that I agreed, you know, somebody might argue it well, but there's some in there that are so dead bang it's impossible to say, well, hmm, that's not something else. Why not? We well, don't it's because it's just the the the, 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 the but your, your expertise... It? it sits so well with what has been
3: said. Yes, yes, it's yes, yes, yes. But hold on. No, that's true. Hold it's still here. not scientific. Hold yeah. on. We've got to take our final break. We'll be right back. Sure. Right. Exonation, Nation, uh, we'll be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Whatever you do, don't go away. We'll be back wrapping this hour up. www.radionics.com is the website. Della Nova Star Livingstone is our special guest. He's an inventor, author, philosopher, entrepreneur, webmaster, humanitarian, cosmologist, and visionaire. Once again, www.radionics.com. Okay.
1: Uh, Ron, um, if I can, with the time we have left, can I give one more? sort of small story, because it will help take it out of the need to have it scientifically. It oh, I so.
3: oh, I hope so. Oh, I hope so.
1: But but uh, I had, uh, this is now pushing 2014, I had befriended through the internet, because he had spotted some of this stuff, a friend in um, uh, uh, Kambala, Uganda, who had sent me actually uh, four or five pictures that he'd taken, again going back uh, 2013, 2012, and so on. But we had also been discussing these nighttime uh, downloadings, and he sent me a fairly long email one day. and said he had a, a fairly interesting uh, event the night before. He had been talking at length with somebody who was queuing him up about something. I, I have no idea what it was. But anyway, when he was finished, he says, I'm going to have to tell over that. And the party in, in the vision said, ah, He said, say hello to Delanova for me while he waves with his right hand. And that was the end. So he sent me that. That's a very odd communication. The point of it is, though, that I had moved from Ottawa after seeing these crisscrossing. By 1994, I knew what they were. Uh, But I had been in Ottawa without doing anything about it again because it wasn't time yet, evidently. All the way through to 2013, beginning of 2013, I moved Mm -hmm. to Brantford. And for... A year, 14, 15 months, there was nothing in the sky whatsoever. And I thought, oh, no, left them all behind in, in Ottawa and, you know, whatever. So 11 days after I got that email from my friend in Kampala, I woke up one morning out the back window. There's one sitting wall to wall. First one I saw in Brantford, absolutely magnificent, wall to wall, you know, one, one end to the other. And oh, my goodness, light bulb didn't go off. The next morning, it was still there. The light bulb went off, so I went out and waved with my right hand. Now, that's pretty tough to put down into well, you a know, scientific inquiry.
3: Well, I, I've had my producer and one of our researchers go through your website and look at the pictures of the clouds, and they're just cirrus clouds.
1: Uh, th- th- that's because the, the ionic uh, magnetic effect takes place in. The serious cause because most of the time you don't see them even though the ship is there it's only when a a, a serious or serious cloud moisturization mm-hmm. moves through they'll change into the into the magnetic field um, uh, reflection and then when the moisture moves through it's gone again and that's why you never, very seldom see both at the same time, because you'll see the 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 right-hand one, call it right-hand one, and then it'll come and go, and then the left-hand one, because the yeah. cloud keeps on moving, will suddenly flare up, and they'll be gone. This, they can come and go within 20 minutes. Well, you know,
3: my producer and researchers also sent me a website to go and check uh, out. That's the NOAA, uh, the uh, NASA Skywatcher chart, and there are a number of clouds that look like the clouds that you have on your website i'm well, not saying they're the exact same pictures but the clouds are similar and there's nothing spectacular about them so i'm having a hard time understanding how well, you can actually associate something with armageddon with clouds with jesus with with super galaxies and ufos
1: knowing what you're looking for a lot of the well let's say a lot some of the photographs on the mm-hmm. website have come out of uh, google searches of, or bing or any of them for uh, um uh, uh chemtrails uh sky photos uh-huh. uh, cloud photos and so on and i can look through 500 and boom there's one then i go through i look through tens of thousands of these on on the internet and boom there's a second they stick but, out every but, now all right, and then
3: all right so so at the end of the day what difference will it make in anybody's life
1: oh well <laughs> that's a that's an interesting question uh, as you may have or not had discussions with people on air about the fact that the consciousness of mankind is is, is going up higher and higher all the time, uh-huh. rapidly ever since the Mayan calendar through the end of the 90s and 2012. You know, you know that supposedly mankind is going through quite an expansion in consciousness.
3: Yeah, well, it's called evolution. Oh. Okay, go no, on.
1: that's great. Right. All right, it's agreed. Same thing. All right uh that it's now ready for mankind as a whole a lot of people believe in the higher dimensions without having uh, much of an idea what they might be but they believe in higher dimensions uh the mass consciousness that i call them the the you know mr and mrs walmart still don't but their consciousness is going up higher and higher too and the point is going to be reached fairly soon when uh, uh an understanding or an acceptance of the fact of higher dimensions Will start to be coming, or start coming in as part of that picture.
3: Let me ask you a so, question hypothetically: What happens if everybody who believes in these higher dimensions and the multiverses and everything else like this in the new age genre is wrong?
1: True. Well, that's a very good question, but I can't answer that to say that. See, don't forget, you know, faith is a good part of a lot of this. But again, like I say, cause confirms itself in effect. What I'm saying by that is that the changes that are going on that have been predicted, some of them since the 60s and so on, mm-hmm. the Mayan calendar was obviously long before that. Whoa, 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 wait um, a sec,
3: wait a sec. The Mayan calendar, according to the New Age gurus, was going to be the end of the world because the man, Mayan calendar ended up in, on December the 21st, 2020. 21st, and that was just a yeah. bunch of bunk. You know, it was, this whole thing with the Mayan well, calendar here's, was here's perpetrated by a bunch of people on drugs, here's, for God's sake.
1: Here's the thing. Nothing took place in the outer you know, world vision, but at yeah. exactly two hours before midnight on the 20th. Mm. All right. Just exactly as though it was uh, New York city, times square at 12 o'clock midnight,
2: yeah.
1: a huge, in, I call it interdimensional cheer went up just like a huge, you know, cheer and throwing at hats and everything all around the world. Well, wait a sec. Wait a sec. Happened- My show was at-
3: live that night. We did a 24 hour period live and we had people from around the world. Re- and the report was nothing happened.
1: I know because they they weren't they weren't picking up on the on the on the cheer because it was only the people whose consciousnesses were attuned high enough, oh, really? and I consider mine to be mm-hmm. enough to be able to pick up that particular frequency. What again? This is again, how do you prove it? But uh, we had just finished a 25,000-year cycle of 12 dispensations. Uh, the Piscean Age was the last 2,000 years. That was the Piscean Dispensation. Dispensations are 2,000-year periods because new energy is released into the evolution at that point. How do we, we know that? How do we know credits.
3: that? How do we know that? The Everything well, that this we're talking— this is, this is Wait all, a sec, this wait a sec, wait a sec. That- wait a sec. When you're talking about ancient writings, you're talking about writings that were done by people who who had a very limited knowledge about the— the world around them. They thought the world was flat, for God's sake.
1: Yeah, you know that. Some still do. Yeah, well, some, those fact, are the people who deserve th- to
3: be in the insane asylum. You know,
1: first, fifth dimension is flat. It's not the fourth. The third dimension is oh, flat. The fifth dimension give is flat. But that's again a some another side of things. Anyway, anyway, the the, the you know, how, how do I put it? Just because the fact that most people don't. Get this kind of information, shouldn't dismiss the possibility that some do.
3: But the, the big the problem small is. That the people that do big,
1: are what are slowly raising the, big the problem.
3: Is, the big problem is, is those who claim to have the information do not put it across as anything that could be taken seriously.
1: No, because, because the, the, the matters of the, of the higher dimension can't be shown in, except by analogy or by example, and I consider these radionic ships a perfect example, can't be shown in the third dimension. It's not. It's not something of the physical plane. Engineers disdain the idea. Okay. So what you're saying Herbers is, what you're saying is, you know, they got to have wheat on the ground. What, what they, you're saying,
3: have in their hands, what you're you know? saying is that, in order to believe that these ships do exist, you have to believe unconditionally. And if you believe unconditionally, then you're a believer. And everyone who uses rationale, and a scientific way of looking at things or gathering evidence is wrong.
1: Uh, no, you don't have to believe it unconditionally, but if you start having a bit of a belief in it, it uh, at least to a point, more of it will start coming in. more of it will start, And the next thing you know, you do see the picture. It, that's the way it works, and it doesn't yeah. happen for everybody, but it, it, it's an inevitable process. Once you start, you just have to have that one tiny little finger through the, you know you know through the, through the dark web. Of, of having that tiny bit of belief because that allows the rest to start coming through. And I'm not guaranteeing that anybody's going to have that happen. All I'm saying is that without that belief, at least a little bit, it can't happen. It's as simple as that. And the scientific community of all of uh, are, are, are the most afflicted by the fact that they cannot accept anything that isn't in a test tube laboratory.
3: Well, they're not the only ones because 93% of the population doesn't believe.
1: Well, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, at the beginning of the 60s, if you believed in astrology, you are mm-hmm. a kook. At the end of the 60s, if you didn't believe in astrology, you were a square. Oh, there I don't, don't know about start.
3: that. I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't still, you know, I know many people who do not believe in astrology.
1: Still, yeah, no, but the the, 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 math, the general population mm-hmm. moved from utter unacceptance of the possibility of astrology into a sort of a general, mm, okay, acceptance of astrology through the hippie movement in the end of the 70s. Now, now just about everybody talks about astrology sort of as part of
3: conversation. Uh, not where I come that's from. A start. That's a start. All right. Thanks very much for joining us tonight, Dell. It's been a, a rather interesting conversation to say the least. Thanks very much, Craig, for saving me on this one. Uh, hippie, drug use, clouds, UFOs, radionic ships, I don't know. I really don't know. Not to mention the dog whining in the background. On a scale of 1 to 10, minus 39. We'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Whatever you do, don't go away. I promise we'll be back.